Digest. My name is Matt, and this is episode 83. And on this week's show, we are going to be discussing Borat's subsequent movie film, new uh, sequel to uh, Borat. Uh, I can't remember the original full title, so Borat, you know what I'm talking about. I'm joined today by the OG crew, Travis. What's going on, dude? Oh, not much. Cool. And Tom, back from the dead. What's going on, buddy? Enjoying my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have you back. Get things in the mix here. It's a very important episode, so it's mm-hmm. it very important that you be here for this uh, momentous miss. occasion. Um, before we get into the review, however, uh, Travis, I hear you had a bunch of fun without us. I didn't even get mm-hmm. an invite, which I think is pretty fucked up. But Well... You live what? How many thousands of miles away from me now? <laughs> I figured you. It's like three point two thousand. That's doable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next year I'll send you the invite. <laughs> Actually, Chelsea was in charge of the invites. I was just the the birthday boy. Oh, way to throw Chelsea under the bus. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I had a birthday uh, a week ago exactly. But we um, celebrated with some peeps this past weekend and. Uh, Got to show off the new place a bit to some people, and uh, Tom got me an old-fashioned kit delivered to my house. So I, I think that kit is being a little things. bit, uh, a little bit generous. It didn't come in like a wooden box with, uh, <laughs> with sawdust around it or anything. It's just the ingredients <laughs> from the grocery store. <laughs> hey, well, it's the thought that counts, and uh, it was delivered and I to my door. The, so. I texted the the. Uh, <laughs> The assembly instructions. Uh, <laughs> Very nice. It did come to your it's door. The, th- yeah. the thought that counts. But <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I've ever really had an old fashioned, but they're pretty good. They're, oh yeah, obviously, uh, you know, mostly alcohol in them. But um, the pretty other, much all. Uh, yeah, the other little ingredients had a nice little hint of flavor to it. I like to put a little more orange than the recipe calls for. Mm-hmm. You know, girl, girl it up a bit. That's fine. You could throw a maraschino in there too if you're feeling, Ooh. you know, extra frisky. Don't tease me. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of whiskey in this old fashioned? You doing bourbon, a rye whiskey? What it come with? Tom, do you remember? It was a bourbon. It was um, it was uh, oops, it was uh, High West's bourbon. High West. I don't know one, if I've one had of their that bourbons. One. Yeah, they're they've been around for a few years. They they do. I think they're best known for their rye, and they have some pretty upscale whiskeys too. And I think they do mostly blended stuff, um, you know, which some people frown upon. But I've always enjoyed their. Whoops, I've always enjoyed their booze. So, anyways, pretty good, pretty nice bottle. Cool, cool. Well, Travis, was the birthday party a success? Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. Got to see a few people that I haven't seen in a while, and 
got to see some of my close friends and family, so it was a good time. Got to pull out the beer pong table, the table that I've been lugging around the last four or five years, hiding it behind couches and whatnot in the <laughs> small apartments that we live in, because it's an eight-foot table and it doesn't fold up, so you're kind of at its Jesus. mercy. But so, um, <laughs> I refuse to get rid of it, and now I get to enjoy it. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Cool. Well, happy belated birthday. I'm sure everyone, all of our listeners are wishing you a happy belated birthday as well. They better. Better send those in. <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> um, what about you, Tom? What's been going on? I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't go to this event because we're being extra cautious about COVID and mm-hmm. uh, the family's sick. So that played that played out well for me. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't think I've been up to a whole lot except for um, house stuff mostly. I have like 40 appointments for people to come look at my house and tell me how much it's going to cost to fix things. Mm. Oh my God. Okay, not 40. But actually like six or seven in the next <laughs> month <laughs> which feels like a lot so we'll see uh we'll see how far into my pocket i'm gonna have to reach but i think we have maybe some groundwater coming in through the basement and a leak in the upstairs bathroom and it's just this and that and the other but all that being said things are going pretty good oh you know what else there was a covid case at Vinny's uh daycare there was a case, a confirmed case in one of our families is how it was put from the oh, school. Shit. So I don't know if that means a kid or like their cousin, you know, or their, you know, their parent or what. But right. uh, <laughs> so the two like older kid buildings are being closed and the baby building is being left open because um, they say they see no correlation. I'm not, not sure exactly what that means, but uh Anyway, it, it's uh, a little close close to home for our for our taste. Interesting. Sounds like uh, it's a real shithole you've got, Vinnie uh, rolled in. <laughs> um, I'm, so far, they've gotten away with it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how with that many people coming in and out all the time. But uh, yeah. Anyway, looks like they they got their first taste of reality. Shit. Well, I. Uh, you have a sickness in the household, it's just like a cold, or have you guys been tested? I think so, yeah. Uh, well, we were tested a little while ago when we were all sick, like two weeks ago. Mm. Um, that one was a little bit more iffy because we had we had fevers, so it was like, uh, um, that's, yeah. that feels like something we need to get tested for. But um, so far, I don't think we have fevers. I, I don't know if I'm sick yet, but... Um, Vinny and Sarah, I think, are fever-free. Cool. Well, glad you guys are doing your best to stay uh, stay safe. We're hanging in. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, as for me, nothing. Nothing going on. Although I have gotten super into TikTok over the past week. <laughs> my God. That's, that's so, my new thing. <laughs> every time, okay, every time I go to TikTok, it's because someone has sent me a link to TikTok. Uh, and then right. <laughs> after the video finishes, I'm prompted and it's always some woman like dancing in no clothes. Is that just some weird algorithm I'm getting or is that all of TikTok? Because it's really annoying. 
It's a lot of TikTok. I think so. Those are the most popular videos. So if you don't have an account, I think the algorithm is just going to give you like oh. the best of TikTok. Here's some <laughs> ass cheeks clapping. <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Got it. So I actually have to create an account to get. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. You like the, when you make a TikTok, it's like, what are you into? And you click like animals. Music, politics, you know, you pick like the things you're into and then it, it like curates your feed. And then from there you, you know, follow people. And I mostly watch it for cat videos and uh, fart videos. I got, I got some killer fart TikToks I can send you guys. I lost my mind last night watching one. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so that's about it. Just watching fart TikToks and... Uh, Hanging out of the house, watching movies. What's uh, what's Florida like right now, man? With the election coming up and COVID, and what's the weather? The weather has not changed at all. It's still fucking eighty-eight degrees and hot. Oh my god! So that's not great. But um, the thunderstorms are less frequent because we're kind of coming up on the tail end of of hurricane season. So it's been nice. It's just very warm. It's. Like, I really can't leave the house without sweating until, like, 6.30 or 7. If you go out in the daytime, it's just it's just an absolute nightmare out there. So, mm-hmm. not that I have anywhere to fucking go, you know what I mean? Like, I, I go to the gas station. Um, the only other big change is that I'm trying to get off menthol cigarettes. So, I switched from uh, Camel Crush to Camel Blues. So so far, so good, I guess. So Wait, let me get this straight. You're not trying to get off cigarettes. You're just trying to get off menthol cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> what is, is there a reason for that? Like a... um, I mean, there are studies that say that menthol cigarettes are harder to quit. Um, mm. And I don't really want to quit yet. I might quit after my 30th in a couple months. We'll see. Uh, but I'm I'm reaching the point where I'm like, okay, I mean, if if we're going to start settling down and think about having kids, like, you know, I've always viewed it. One. I've always viewed it as a phase, although I haven't tried to quit. Right. So we'll, like, we'll see what happens when I actually try to give them up. But yes, this is step one, because the thing with menthols is if you smoke menthols and then you try and smoke a non menthol cigarette, it's kind of gross. So I'm trying to like get off of of that. Cause it's like the minty something about the mintiness. It's like a mm-hmm. extra dopamine in your brain or something. I don't fucking know. I don't know the science behind it, but um, pretty colors. Yeah, I'm back. So I'm a, I'm a camel blue boy now. All right. Anyway, that's that's wow. it. That's all I got. Matt, do you still play Warzone these days? Yeah, dude. I just I was just playing Warzone uh, like an hour ago. You were online too. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, finishing up that trick or treat event. That's literally what I was doing. Nice. Did it, you finish? Yeah. Damn. Superstore and Dam were the two that took the longest. Oh my god, Dam was a fucking nightmare. It was tough. Did you finally get it yeah. though? Yeah, finally. Nice. And my brother bought me the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre skin pack for oh my birthday. Oh my god, I bought it for myself, <laughs> so I also have it. Hell yeah. <laughs> We, we got we got to play so we can be yeah fucking Leatherface. Nerds. Hell yeah. Tom, are you're you just, no jealous. interest at this point? Are you an Apex only guy? No, I played Warzone with Zach last night. I just never spend money on that game. 
Yeah, this is only the it. second time I have. Well, actually, I'm lying. I buy all the battle passes on skins. It's only the second time I bought. Skins. I know, but I don't get why people are spending money on it right now when the next game is like, what it's is it like? It's supposed to three transfer weeks away? over though. Yeah, Warzone is supposed to transfer. Your yeah. cosmetics, yeah. Uh, how's that gonna work? Like, are they gonna have both sets of guns in Warzone? What's the deal? I don't think Warzone is going to be in Black Ops. Like, Warzone's I think it's like a separate thing. Or Cold War, excuse uh-huh. me. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like an extension of the regular Call of Duty game, but it's separate. Yeah, like they'll probably they have a link. Eventually, going to. I mean, is, they're not going to expect people to just keep playing Modern Warfare in addition to Warzone. Well, I think you have access to Warzone through Cold War. So like you'll be able to play Cold War multiplayer, Cold War campaign and Cold War zombies, but you'll also have a link that'll take you to Warzone, which is separate. I yeah, think. but Warzone's weapons are customizable based on leveling them up in Modern Warfare multiplayer. Well, just and within experience Warzone. in general. But yeah. yeah, it's just Call of Duty. You'll probably... I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle that. I mean, maybe they're going to patch in the Cold War guns into Warzone? That's what I'm saying. Like, what if they just totally flipped it and they did... They could even do, like, Modern Warfare Warzone and Cold War Warzone, where they just had different sets of weapons and you could, like, load into either one. Yeah, or even like That'd a be new weird. map. I don't know why they would. Sp- I don't know why they would split their audience. Split the pay- the player base. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to handle that. I mean, that's only a couple weeks away, so I'm sure there's <laughs> more details coming soon if they're not out there yet. But um, Zach and I did pretty well last night. I still haven't ever gotten the win in uh, in Warzone, but I play it like once every three weeks. So yeah, but we I got play close. with Trey. Uh, it's it's tough to win. I uh, I play with Trey and Scott and those guys mostly. Um, Okay, are you guys ready to get into this review? For sure. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so uh, I believe we have a clip. Let's go ahead and listen in. I wrote this song with my two best buddies. Yeah, very nice. Obama was a traitor. America, he hated her. He belong inside the jails. I ain't lying, it ain't no jokes. Corona is a liberal hoax. Corona is a liberal hoax. Obama, what we gotta do? Inject him with the Wuhan flu. Inject him with the Wuhan flu. Let's hear it! All right, Borat subsequent movie film, full title, Borat subsequent movie film, delivery of prodigious bribe to American regime to make for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan, full title. (laughs) 
Uh, plot synopsis, very inspired. Follow-up film to the 2006 comedy centering on the real-life adventures of a fictional Kazakh television journalist named Borat. Film stars Sasha Baron Cohen, Maria Bakalova. Uh, and there you go. So this was kind of a uh, kind of out of left field, as, as far as I remember. This got announced like six weeks ago or something like that, maybe two months ago. Very, uh, very out of left field. Um, I know there were spottings earlier in the year of people saying that uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was like Corin Cohen was out filming, uh, for example, in Washington in a Trump rally. Mm-hmm. But I think most people assume that was for his his Showtime TV show. Um, I don't remember really hearing any rumors about a Borat too. I mean, did, did you guys know about it before the fucking trailer dropped for it? No. Nah. Uh, no, not really. The, yeah, like the only thing I really heard was the sighting in, what was it, Olympia, Washington? I think it was Edmonds. Hmm. Or at least it says it's Edmonds in the movie, I think. It was Olympia. Was it Olympia? They say Olympia, yeah. They do say Olympia, okay. I don't know why I thought Edmonds. Anyway. Um, okay, so... Um, real quick before we get into general impressions, um, thoughts on OG Borat. Do you love it? You hate it? I've been finding a lot of people I've been talking to lately fucking hate Borat. <laughs> and I, I thought that that was an unpopular opinion, but a lot of people, uh, don't like Borat. I think a lot of the same people who don't like Napoleon Dynamite, you know, like for the reason that it was just fucking everywhere and people just got fucking tired of hearing about Borat. I mean, where do you guys fall on, on Borat? Um, I definitely loved it when it was released. I probably haven't seen it in at least 10 years or so, but I would definitely consider myself a fan. I'm assuming it hasn't aged incredibly well. Some jokes might just feel stale or maybe a little inappropriate for today's time, but I'm definitely a fan, um, from memory at least. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I think I must have seen it twice. I feel like I came around on it, you know? Like the first time I saw it, I thought it was just stupid. And then the second time, I was like, okay, there's a little bit of artistry here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And if nothing else, balls. Um, (laughs) And... Uh, but it, it would have been around the release time. There are a couple jokes that I think back, like the, you will never get this part. And I'm like, that doesn't sound good now <laughs> at all. Not that it ever did. Um, but oh, come on, other great. than that, I, f- I don't really remember anything too much different about, uh, you know, like whether or not it would age well. It, I feel like it rode the line of what's appropriate and what's not pretty much the same that this movie did. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of always been the thing with the Borat character, right? Because, I mean, you could make the argument that the character itself is racist. You know what I mean? Like, he was created to poke fun at, like, American conservatism and racists. But the actual character of Borat is kind of demeaning and belittling. To people from Central Asia, you know what I mean? Like the Stan countries. I mean, to even call them the Stan countries is kind of like part of it. You know what I mean? But like nobody had even 
I shouldn't say nobody. Kazakhstan wasn't really a thing in the Western world that people would recognize when I people it was made up. Yeah, I did too at first because we were this movie. The first Borat came out in like 2006, I think. Yeah, 2006. Yeah. So we were high school age, right? I yeah. didn't know what fucking Kazakhstan was. I thought it was fake, but same. Very much not. And to this day, it's one of the few <laughs> things I know about Kazakhstan, <laughs> other than the Soviets did their like nuclear testing and their space program in Kazakhstan. Like that's that's about all I know about it, right? Um, but uh, that's one of those movies that I still quote to this day. Like I do it with Haley all the time. I uh, do you guys remember the part where he sees the turtle and the first Borat and he points to it and he's like, what type of dog is this? <laughs> and the guy's like, uh, that's a turtle. Is this a cat in a hat? <laughs> no, it's a turtle in a shell. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> it's just one of those quotable Mid two thousands movies, right? I mean, the mid two thousands were chock full of them. Between the well, Apatow stuff and 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 Borat, and um, whenever someone says my wife, it is hard not oh, to yeah. think of Borat, like oh, yeah. <laughs> voice oh, or man. no voice. I did that on this show one time. Oh yeah, killed. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so this was kind of a surprise, and um, well. Let's just say it is very uh, timely. That's exactly what it's trying to do is to make uh, make light in a sense of the current uh, political environment we find ourselves in. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Borat's subsequent movie film? Uh, I could start. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, honestly, it was probably better than I expected it to be. Um, and I will say that I did watch it twice, but I don't know if I would consider the first time I watched it a, a watch <laughs> because <laughs> it was uh, basically to wind down my party on Saturday night and I was a little sleepy and my brain wasn't all quite there. So, you know, lots of substances consumed. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so I felt like I needed to rewatch it. It's and awesome. um I thought it was about as good as a sequel can be, um, especially um, one like this many years down the road. Um, there's definitely some recycled jokes, but I feel like they didn't like lean on the old stuff too much. I mean, there are a few skits that are kind of similar to the first one, mm-hmm. and they definitely rehash some of the jokes, but it didn't just feel like a complete like rehash or like a complete waste like some sequels do, especially like comedy sequels where they literally just try and do the same thing, but you know, change the jokes ever so slightly like hangover part two or like, um, like the dumb and dumb. Wow. Dumb and dumber sequel. Dumb and dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I liked it a lot. I liked the, um, the ending like the whole twist or reveal at the end and oh my god um, <laughs> yeah i thought the um like the other lead i forget her name the tutar i forget the actress's name uh maria bakalova but for what she was like given to do in this was it was quite a lot and i think she handled it very well because the situations that hmm. her and borat get in are so ridiculous and 
trying to like keep a straight face or like, you know, not ruin the, the joke or the skit, I think is probably difficult to do. And I'm pretty sure she's like a, a new actress or doesn't have many previous roles. So I thought she was, she impressed me from like, just like an acting standpoint, a comedic acting standpoint, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my general impression. Uh, we can get into specifics later. Oh yeah. We're going to have to. What about you, Tom? Where'd you land on this one? Mm, Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I watched it with Sarah. I was nervous. I was like, am I going to have to turn this off halfway or like watch it by myself? Uh, So the first 15 minutes was like, okay, let's get through this bullshit, you know, (laughs) and get to the pranks, Uh, which I probably would have felt anyway, because that part's just like dumb. Um, Would you have turned it off if you weren't reviewing it on the show? Uh, I never would have watched it. Never would have turned it on. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Wouldn't even have given it a chance. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's one of those movies you can just, like, look up the pranks online <laughs> if you want to know what happened. Uh, it, it. I mean, I, I got to give it credit. Like, I was pretty impressed with some of those ridiculous scenarios. Uh, very impressed with uh, both the actors just for being able to have zero shame. Zero shame. It's truly incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the composure, too. I like, know. And it's pretty required. eye-opening. Like, you see some... Like, people are insane in this country. Mm-hmm. Completely insane. <laughs> uh, it just goes to show, like, what they will go along with, especially if there are cameras <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Which I think plays a big part. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Travis in terms of like what it was uh, as a sequel and and all of that. I, I think it's definitely worth watching. If you're going to watch it, you have to watch it right now because after the election, it's not going to matter or it's not going to feel as, uh, as relevant. Um, but yeah, overall, I liked it. Cool. Um, I fucking loved it. I was absolutely dying. I have not stopped thinking about this movie. Like there's so many bits in this movie that I think are just genius. And like, Mm -hmm. it's such sharp, like pointed comedy, like the way that they tie in current events and, and basically manipulate these people into going along with the bit is just hilarious and very alarming to see you know what i mean i mean part of the issue with a movie like this is it was more surprising in 2006 when we didn't just have like open racists marching in the streets you know what i mean like there was a bit more shame involved with uh (laughs) With, with racism in the sense that it's a lot more out in the open and people with everyone having cell phones is we every week there's some viral video of some fucking Karen losing her mind and going on some racist tirade. Right. So like it's it's some of the shock value is gone in that sense, because all you have to do is just watch the news every day to be appalled by the state of what's going on in certain parts of this country. Right. But what I think this movie does best is just 
some of the absurd comedy. Like there's there are some bits I want to get into in spoilers, but just kind of a non-spoilery example that had me fucking dying. <laughs> Borat has to go undercover uh, to to raise money, and he cuts hair. And every time he cuts a piece of the guy's hair, he shows them the oh, yeah. hair. And he's like, yep. <laughs> I was fucking dying. Because that's just good? like, uh, <laughs> that's exactly my type of comedy. It's so silly and so clever. It's just like, what a dumb bit. But <laughs> I was fucking losing it. Um, that's just one. Like, uh, man, there's so the many. That, happened with okay, that, so guy. that was weird. Yeah. What was your favorite skit? I feel like we should talk about. Our favorite skits, if if you could pick one. Do we want to save that for spoilers or do we? Because I mean. I think so. I will say I want to get more into it in spoilers, but being as vague as I can, uh, the dance scene. Mm-hmm. Dude, that one yeah. was cringe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that that's always kind of been the sense of humor in these movies. Like I tried to rewatch right. the first Borat like a year ago. Uh, and I was stoned when I did it. I, I couldn't do it. I literally turned it off after like 20 minutes. Cause I was like <laughs> that, that type of cringe humor uh, can be difficult, especially when you're inebriated. <laughs> that one was probably the most jarring for me, but it definitely wasn't the funniest for me. It was, it was the one that like, I feel like almost, cross the line as far as like kind of like grotesque type humor or like you know something along those lines mm-hmm. um not that it was a bad scene or anything but i don't know i wasn't really like laughing at it i was more just like kind of shocked at what was going on <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fair uh my favorite without spoiling it i'll just say a generic term for it was just like the abortion scene at like the woman center oh my god that, that was, was amazing so, <laughs> that was brutal <laughs> there's just so there's so many so many good bits in this movie like i just i just think it was so sharp and timely and just hilarious i was i was dying watching this thing um, i gotta say this movie i think one of the most impressive things is that the last you know the the climactic uh hijinks right is actually the most impressive you know and like the most impactful uh it wasn't a letdown i guess is what i'm saying i I feel like that must be so hard to do uh so it's really satisfying for that to be um you know to be what it was and be as uh (laughs) kind of captivating as it was so it's it's been all over the news. Are 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 you referring to the Rudy Giuliani bit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to get into that. Um, but even after the Rudy Giuliani bit, um, like the, I guess we'll call it a plot twist, was so I found just so ingenious, and I was like, it was oh my god! Like I, the fact that the movie went that way, just just based on. Uh, some of the care, like some of the conversations that Borat had had with other other people in the movie, right? And then just the kind of the state of the right wing party in this country. I was like, when the, when the twist happened, I was like, oh my god, that's so funny. Um, I lost it. Um, okay, well, um, any other general notes? Um, 
I can't think of too much. I mean, this is came out at the right time, right before an election. They even dropped it uh, an hour, like a couple hours early. So they, they timed it so it would drop an hour before the presidential debates so that people could uh, watch it instead of watching Biden <laughs> and Trump fucking <laughs> yell at each other for 90 minutes or whatever. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but it is it was a little disappointing that the, the whole Rudy Giuliani skit or moment was played such a big role in the news before the movie's release. Uh, I just think it would have played better watching it had I not known that that was coming or, you know, wasn't expecting it. It kind of, I don't know, made the ending a little more anticlimactic because mm-hmm. it seemed like the movie was going to wrap up shortly after that. So... Yeah, I could totally see that. But at the same time, that's going to get more people to watch this movie because like Rudy Giuliani, we can get into it more in specifics, but he basically came out and said it was a fabrication and that he, I don't want to get too specific. I mean, if people have been watching the news, they know kind of what that is. But basically the filmmaker said, watch the movie, make up your own opinion. And I don't know how you could watch this and think it was anything other than creepy as fuck behavior, but yeah, you know, it was definitely questionable. <laughs> yeah. At the least. very least. <laughs> um, yeah. General, general thoughts. I don't, I don't have anything else. Uh, I'm ready to move on to spoilers unless you guys have something you want to throw out. I'm good. Good. Cool. Uh, star ratings. Uh, I will go four stars. Mm-hmm. 3.5 it's five stars best wow. comedy of the past decade baby now what would you rate <laughs> the original the original i would probably rate either a four and a half or a five it would be probably a five back in the day maybe a four and a half now yeah i i need to rewatch it i i, I couldn't do it like i said um but it's just that's that movie is just it's just so quotable. I mean, there's the oh yeah turtle stuff. There's the <laughs> king of the castle, king of the castle. You know, oh yeah, I still quote Borat like on multiple occasions. <laughs> yeah, still to this day. So for that reason alone, I feel like it deserves some cred. Hmm. Okay. So let let's get into specifics. So if you have not yet watched the Borat sequel. Check the show notes. Skip past it. Um, I kind of want to start with the uh, Trump rally just because it's so close to home. You know, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. that being in the news when it happened and people saying Sasha Baron Cohen was there. Um, he stayed with America's two greatest scientists. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe that he got people lo- like singing along to that song. Like I saw that and it like made my stomach churn. Like it was funny because that's just so like clever. The song just, just totally appealing to like the worst aspects of that movement. Right. Like the hypocrisy of it. But when they showed the crowd singing along, there were a lot of people singing along. I was like, Whoa. (laughs) Because those lyrics are ridiculous. I mean, he's basically talking about killing liberals and doing them like the Saudis do or something like that, right? Chop them up. 
chop them off yeah. like the Saudis. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, my God. Um, there were clearly a couple people that were uncomfortable at first in that bit, right? But I think the one problem I have with that bit is that in order for it to work, he can't really do Borat voice. Like in any of the other scenes where Borat is in a disguise, he's just doing Borat voice in a disguise, right? But he actually puts on like a like a hick accent when he's doing that uh, appearance, right? Mm. So that was, I was like, uh, like I get that you kind of have to do it that way for people to buy into this, but it was a little... Uh, uh, you're just kind of playing for the bit and not for the character. Does that make sense? Like, it didn't bother me per se, but I definitely noticed it. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, how else would would he have done it? Right, <laughs> without being noticeable. <laughs> but the the fact I don't know how they did that. I, the producers on this team are just fucking geniuses because some of the access they were able to get him and <laughs> the situations he gets put in like that took some hard work behind the scenes you know it did right like <laughs> I mean, he lived oh, with yeah. those two guys for like five days he said was it five? Oh, in that like cabin or whatever the two uh the two yeah. trump supporters and he that was, was an interesting conversation yeah. yeah they were america's greatest scientists <laughs> <laughs> yeah when they came back at the end that was uh <laughs> that was pretty funny um <clears throat> so um an early bit that i'll mention and i'll let someone else uh talk um his original partner from the first movie uh the way they write him out is they're like <laughs> He's, you're sitting on him. And he's like, what? And oh, he sits yeah. up and you just see his, his little dick like sewn into the skin chair. I was like, what? That's such a stupid way to write out his character, right? But I thought it was fucking hilarious. He just got turned into a fucking chair. <laughs> there's so many, like, that's why I said there's just so many moments that I just keep replaying in my head. Like, ugh. All right. What about you guys? What are what were some of your favorite um, the, some uh, of your favorite bits? The Melania like Disney princess like fake animated movie. Oh yeah, the oh, cartoon fuck. that she watches. Yeah, <laughs> those were great. And he grabs her by the vagina, <laughs> <laughs> and they start dancing around. <laughs> so good to rework that line into this movie. And oh, totally in that way, like. <laughs> it's perfect and the it's fact so that like that's the whole plot like the the first Bora didn't really have a plot right I mean he was trying to meet Pamela Anderson because he wanted to make her his wife like that's the whole plot this one there's a legitimate through line and there's actual progression in the plot but I mean the whole idea is based around this notion of Melania Trump being the luckiest lady in the world. You know what I mean? Like that's such a funny to make a whole movie out of that ridiculous statement. It's just genius. Like that's the whole plot of the movie is he wants to marry off his daughter to Trump so that he can be set for the rest of his life. Right? Like it's so yeah. silly. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a killer scene. Um, the uh uh similar to the the princess thing so they go cage shopping and that conversation where he's 
she's just like oh i like this one daddy and she's just like standing in the cage like that some of the best scenes are the ones that um don't really have any uh political spin on them like when he goes to buy a phone right and he has Dude, to borrow the phone. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was definitely like a kind of a rehash of some of the skits from the first one, like the the turtle skit or like the, you know, what is this cheese and what is this cheese? But when he's trying to figure out the whole phone and um, like the like, um, what is it called? FaceTime and all that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about the FaceTime part of that. <laughs> But when God he like it. is like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom, and then he, he's like still connected to the TV, and then the you guy's see him like, type it in. Like, I think he figured it out. <laughs> he's like, can you can you search for a naked woman on here? <laughs> and he types in like black woman, big tall white man or something. Yeah, I can't remember what he typed, but it was ridiculous. Very specific. <laughs> That was a good bit. That was one of the better bits. Um, and also, like, the they return to the bit uh, with the fax machine where Dude, he, like, dictates the awesome. messages to the guy. Sucked. <laughs> I just can't yeah. believe these people. <laughs> these so, people. That guy just, he he's just like, I guess this guy's just going to get killed. <laughs> well, and you have to wonder, like, how much of it are people in on because like there were i can't remember the actress's name but there is somebody in the first borat that was not um she was an actual actress like she was in the scene and it wasn't presented any differently than the others but she is like a face you would recognize so i mean yeah part of it part of the appeal is that like gotcha like guerrilla filmmaking aspect of it which you get I feel like you you know pretty clearly when you get that and when you don't. Like for example, the the Trump rally thing. Like that seems legitimate, right? Cuz it's a mm. crowd environment. But there were a couple scenes that I don't want to call them preachy, and I I get why they were in there cuz they're meant to show that people on the left are, you know, rooted in compassion and ultimately people just want everyone to be kind to one another. But the two moments I'm thinking of are when he goes to the synagogue uh-huh. dressed in the, in the Jew costume, like the just horrifically racist <laughs> Jew costume, you know, and the old Jewish lady like sits him down and they have this like heartfelt conversation and, and this whole thing. Like I like that, but I don't it know. Felt, it felt it, weird. It felt different than the rest of them. You could tell it was it was like uh, pre-arranged. Like yeah. Like they yeah. knew something was good. Because it's an empty the, synagogue, right? It's, it's the like a couple of guys there. Definitely <clears throat> felt a little fabricated or like he was in on the joke. But I don't know. I, I read about all still these. Worked. He, he, he said that he thought they were filming. F- he didn't know what they were filming for, but they said they yeah. were filming for something. So I think he was willing to just sort of like, I think he just sort of figured i guess my job is just play along (laughs) yeah Uh, he did great i mean he played it straight like you he was just taking you know borat would dictate the facts he would send them he'd read them that was a good bit but the other the other moment i'm talking about is um 
with the the babysitter uh, where she like babysits his daughter and, and she's talking about how, you know, what her father does to her and like the, her role as a woman. And she like mm-hmm. in multiple scenes, like basically radicalizes her because her whole character arc is that she kind of turns into a not a radical feminist, but, you know, she, she her eyes are open to the, the way of the rest of the world, like the Western world. Right. Because all she knows is her life living in a, a cage that Borat didn't even yeah. know about her. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the whole makeover thing and what he's trying to get her to do. And then she eventually does come back to him, but she wants to do it on her terms. Like um, that was clearly there to serve the plot. Right. Right. And it was honestly pretty heartfelt. Like it didn't feel fake when they had that conversation in the car, when she was trying to tell her like, you know, you're a grown woman, like you. Oh my god, that you was have such a rights. good conversation. And that whole thing, but those moments, you didn't have anything like that in the first Borat, right? And it's in stark contrast to the moments where they're interacting with conservatives, and that's the point, right? I mean, that that's why it's in there. Um, and I don't entirely know how I feel about that juxtaposition, but um, anyway, thought I'd comment that. All right, should should we talk about the Giuliani scene? Let's do it. Let's talk about the debutante ball first, just because it was. Oh yeah, that was my favorite. Also, I just thought it was so awful. I could not believe that. Like Travis, you're right. I mean, that is cringe humor, but like the commitment from her character to just like, because it starts off so innocent, right? Like everybody's mm-hmm. clapping. It's it plays so perfect. <laughs> the crowd gets into it. Everybody's clapping, and then she just starts. Oh my god! When she started flashing her, there's usually like a super hairy, bloody puss, and she's just like <laughs> pulling up her dress, and everybody is just like does not know how to react. I was like, wow! It's so good because it's like fuck all these people. I hate everyone at this ball. They all deserve the, to have their stupid party totally crashed and ruined. Yeah. <laughs> um, the things that the, those those old men were saying to Borat were so awful. And there's the the best part is when that girl overhears her like dad or grandpa yeah. make a oh, joke yeah. about about Borat's daughter being worth five hundred dollars, <laughs> and she's like, she just looks at him. She's like, this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's perfect. So ridiculous. Oh, uh, just like yeah, classy ball guys. And that's the thing, like, I think that's the thing with the camera, like, more than ever, even more than the first Borat, it enables people to kind of um, divulge some of their worst thoughts and traits, right? Because Borat is starts by saying the fucked up shit, but it's a Mm -hmm. bit. It's a character, right? But they see the camera, they see this, they hear this guy saying these things, and it enables them to speak horrible things, right? Like, I don't think he, I think he knew better than to say that if there weren't cameras and Borat egging him on. I don't remember what he says to preface that. Oh, he asks him, How much do you think my daughter is worth, right? You know, exactly. like. But I mean, he does lean in. It's like he he wanted it to be for Borat's ears only. You know, he mm. he was sort of embarrassed, but also he wanted to play along and right. you know do the whole you know one of the guys thing. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, and then the uh, the other one, the women's clinic, Travis. I mean, now that I'm thinking back on it, the whole the wordplay oh and the, yes. the setup, <laughs> the setup for how they end up in there, it's just well. And he's like, he makes it's just a comment, gold. something along the lines of like. I'm the one who put it in her. I was just trying to give her pleasure. Yeah. And, like the guy just doesn't have the information of the scene before. And so he's just completely lost. It doesn't matter how we got here. Yeah. All that matters is that you have a baby in oh, you. Can you imagine? And oh he says God. like she has a heartbeat and stuff and Borat's all confused. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so good. Okay. That was good. Uh, should we talk about the Giuliani bit briefly? Yeah. So it, it's been all over the news, right? But he is very creepy in the interview. But what I want to point out is just like the bravery of her performance. Like she went into that scene knowing the goal, right? To try and flirt with Rudy Giuliani and, and see where they could take the scene. I don't know if the whole goal was for her to try to get him in that room or not, but regardless whether she ad-libbed it and got that far on her own or that was the whole plan, like to be able to do that and stay in character and flirt with this fucking creepy racist piece of shit like that takes a lot of courage, right? Like I am fully confident that if, the producers and, and Sasha didn't step in there, it would have kept going. Like, I think that would have gone as far as she would have let it. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they definitely like saved him from embarrassment, but I think they got enough embar- embarrassment out of him to where they make him look like a bad, you know, guy or whatever. Um, they were saving her. I mean, he was, a, he was about to start jacking off or pull his dick out. Like, well, Whatever right. it was. But, I like, mean, I feel like if they didn't, you know, interrupt, like it would have made him look even worse yes. than he already Yeah, looks. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, that's, see, that's why it's tough because they obviously, they did the right thing, right? Like they should not have let that go on any, any longer than it did. Mm-hmm. But if they had, like. Yikes. They should. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting, the whole situation is interesting because it's a total setup. Right. Like yes. she puts her hand on his knee. She's initiating the flirt. It's just really a test to see what Rudy Giuliani is willing to do, what mm-hmm. kind of person he is, you know, what liberties he because, I mean, you have to imagine that there there are other opportunities that that he's had similar scenarios where he's definitely gone through with that. Like that's that's where your brain goes. Right. Is, uh, is just, oh, yeah, well, he's definitely done that. And I think in the whole context of the Me Too movement, it's like the way that she presents herself is, yes, she's forward and flirty, but also she's the new girl. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's embarrassed. You know, she's giggly. You're my hero. It like the whole power dynamic is set up in like the optimal way to make him look like uh, an offender. <laughs> you know what I right, mean? Right, right. Which he then proves himself to be. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. I, I don't think anyone needed to go further than they did. No. I mean, 
if you're viewing it objectively, like you, you the, get a feeling and you see what you see and that's, a, the writing that's is enough. On like the you, don't, <laughs> you, you don't need more than that to, you know, you're going to win that round of jeopardy or oh, yeah. <laughs> wheel of fortune is probably a better example. And for him, for Giuliani to say he was just like tucking in his shirt to un- <laughs> unclip ass. the microphone, like, <laughs> You don't lay down on the bed with a girl in front of you to unto- to tuck in your shirt or whatever his excuse was. You like, also don't go into the bedroom for drinks. Right. After your interview. Does she say she's 15 in the interview? I don't think she does, does she? No. Okay. Because no. her character is supposed to be 15. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because she, no, she was born he, after the first Borat. He definitely so. has that, like, creepy uncle or, like, creepy old guy vibe, though. Like, how, like, giddy and smiley he is and, like, how he's, like, kind of, like, defending her when Borat comes into the room for a minute. And it's all very cringe on his part. Yeah. But even even with that, like when when he does come in to save her, I mean he's oh, in dude, character as a sound guy, and he's like, <laughs> "Take my asshole" or whatever yeah, he says. Take my like, anus. Take my anus. My anus. My, my back pussy is very tight. <laughs> <laughs> like for him to be able to stay in character, dude. The best parting shot. It was. Uh, I can't. What I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like, "She's not even your type. She's not your cousin, or something." She's too like old that. for you. <laughs> he made a comment about her not being his cousin, though, because he was married oh, yeah, to he, his like second cousin. He does was, like, say a, something like that, like, um, "Maybe you should just stick to your type." Like, she's not your cousin, or yeah, something like that. It was something <laughs> like that because he was married to his second cousin, I think. Not oh, first I didn't cousin. Know that. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> That's where that joke came from. Deep. <laughs> um, How about the uh, Kevin Spacey jab towards the end of the movie? <laughs> oh yeah, I had to get that in there. <laughs> um, okay, so we should uh, we should uh, move on. But the last thing we should talk about is the twist that it was a conspiracy theory the whole time. And that Borat was patient zero of COVID and that he his travels across the world are what spread COVID and Tom Hanks is in there in the cameo. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so when that happened, just the way it was edited and the way, you know, like the way that was presented, that information, it's like an old... Um, it's like a, it's like an old 2000s like uh, spy thriller or something, you know, like when the twist happens and it does it like rapid like, editing, like flashback stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Playing it like that was so good. Um, <laughs> and then the fact that he he blackmails the prime minister of Kazakhstan to be reinstated as a journalist and. It turns into like a like a troll factory. There's like a scene where there's like <laughs> a troll factory and they have the running of the American with the the fucking all lives matter like trumpers the like they have some <laughs> yeah, uh, the Karen. some eastern european girl uh typing in as a black man I support Trump. Yeah. <laughs> some fake profile picture. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. And then for the whole thing to end with uh, now vote or you will be execute. Like (laughs) (laughs) just like that's kind of the thing with this. This sequel is that even more than the first one, it's kind of presenting itself as um, I'm not going to call it left wing propaganda, but it's it's very much 
one-sided, right? You know, like between the scenes where there's the uh, the Jewish woman and the black woman who are like the voices of reason and teach the life lessons and mm-hmm. uh, the the running of the American being the like super stereotypical depiction of conservatives in this country. Like, you know, for it to end and say now vote or you will be execute. I think they're aware that there probably aren't a whole lot of conservatives that will watch this just because the way that like Fox news and all those conservative news outlets have kind of spun the whole Giuliani situation and, and all that stuff. But you know, that was, that was a fitting way to end it. Cause I don't know how you could watch that movie and still <laughs> be okay with the fucking, some of the depictions of the Trump supporters in there. But you know, who am I to say? I'm a, I'm a commie bastard. I don't know, man. Uh, remember how many uh, how many people thought that Colbert's character was not a satire, and they loved it just as much as liberals loved it? That's true. Um, this one would be a little bit of a harder sell, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if some people watched it and thought that Borat was actually, you know, just funny, but also like the sympathetic character <laughs> you're yeah i get i hadn't thought about that i mean there are some real stupid fucking people out there who maybe uh like like you're saying would just take it at face value they're the know, butt just, of like, all the jokes them. i don't i don't know <laughs> <laughs> for the most part yeah i can't really think of any of any that they're not the butt of huh all right any last thoughts on borat before we move on uh, I think we covered most of it. <clears throat> Nothing for right. me. Very nice. All right. Let's move on. Had to get one of those in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So let's let's move on to what we've been watching. Um, I'm Not assuming. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming nobody else watched uh, the trial of the Chicago 7. Negative. Did not. Um, not much to say. Um Tom, I would say it's probably more up your alley than than Travis's alley, mm-hmm. um, but but it was it was good. Um, I, I I enjoyed it. I like some of the writing. Um, Aaron Sorkin should go back to writing. I mean, I haven't seen Molly's Game, but he Molly's directs this. Game was and, all right. I thought it was solid. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing. So the writing is good, but it's just so. It's so hokey, the direction in this movie. There's a lot of very sentimental music. And the ending of this movie is the most sentimental, hokey bullshit I've ever seen in my life. Like, I hated the end of this movie. Um, But, you know, it's got that quintessential rapid-fire Sorkin dialogue. Um, You know, it's right in his wheelhouse, right? It's political. It's historical. A couple issues with historical inaccuracies. I mean, I don't know a ton about this story, but I know a little bit about Abby Hoffman, who's played by Sasha Baron Cohen in this movie. Um, and there's one line in particular that I was like, that's fuck. That's Aaron Sorkin. That's not (laughs) Abby Hoffman. The real person would never in a million fucking years say that kind of thing, you know? So, um, but there's some decent drama. I like the courtroom stuff. Um, performances are good, I would say. Not great. Um, everyone's kind of doing a weird accent. I mean, everyone. Eddie Redmayne's doing a weird <laughs> accent. Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, Jeremy Strong 
he's always doing weird accents when he's not in succession. Like everything I've seen him in, he's just a weird fucking character with a dumb accent. He was, he was okay in this movie, I guess, but um, Joseph Gordon Levitt, pretty dry, uninspired. Um, it just looked like one of those generic historical, like trial type movies. It's like the same reason why I didn't watch just mercy from last year. The Michael B. Jordan and uh, Jamie Foxx movie. It just, I don't know. Like, even though it's a unique story and it's kind of insensitive to say this, but like, I just feel like it's been done before to a degree on screen, like more than once. So I don't really know what I'm really missing if I don't watch it. Like, I'd rather just maybe learn about the actual event itself than watch the dramatization of it. But that's just me. Having not seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? He's got to package it to be entertaining. So there's clearly some um, uh, liberties that are taken with the historical material itself. But it was it was good. Um, you know, Aaron Sorkin's kind of a liberal tryhard, you know, like he's uh He's liberal, liberable, li- Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, fin- I finished my glass of scotch, if you can't tell. Um, he is liberal. Fuck. He's pro- he claims to be a progressive, but he is very much one of those like moderates who think that the only thing wrong with the political process in this country is the people in it, you know, and not just like a fundamental... <laughs> Uh, rot kind of from the very foundation of the of the systems that we have in place so he he's he's one of those like just vote and fix everything kind of talking heads if that makes sense like just just his writing style between the west wing and the newsroom and and that stuff but it's it's timely the, the material is timely even though the events occurred like 50 years ago um definitely applicable to a lot of the things that are happening today uh, worth a watch. I mean, in a year where there really aren't any like prestige dramas to speak of for the most part, um, it's good. I-, I think you both would enjoy it. Um, worth a watch. I, I rated it a 3.5. Doesn't sound like right. it's worth watching <laughs> based on that star rating. I, yeah, <laughs> Travis, I don't, I, I think you would like it. I don't think you would say it was a waste of time. Um, yeah. Tom, though, I think you. Uh, there, there's some pretty uh, witty dialogue exchanges. Um, it, it's timely. You know, I, Clever I think exchanges. It's more, <laughs> it's more up your alley, I think. For uh, all right, for year year end cramming, this will not be high up on the list. Not even for not even for cram jam. You're not gonna try and get it in. No way. This oh is God, if you gave yeah. it a three and a half, it's like a three at best for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way it's uh, the it ceiling is three. It's only yeah. down from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You like Sorkin too, though, right? He's cool. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm not like his number one fan or super fan like some other people. Not pointing yeah. any fingers at you guys, but no, I, I know mean, yeah, you. he's he's a good he's a good writer, but I don't worship him or anything. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, what about you, Tom? Have anything going on? You've been able to watch much? It's been like a month since you've been on. You gotta have something, right? Mostly TV, I think. Mm. Um, good? So I watched Gary Haji 
on Netflix. Who? Excuse me? <laughs> Gary Haji. It's a uh, like crime noir uh, show that takes place in mm. Tokyo and in London. Gary Haji, it's like, uh, it means duty and shame in Japanese. I'm probably saying it horribly. Um, so I was really, really enjoying it. And I think it's eight episodes long. And then I got to episode six and I didn't love episode six and I'm halfway through episode seven and it's getting really cheesy and I have just not worked up the courage to get back into it. But it's interesting. I, I like that show. Um, so wait, what, what made you get into this? This hasn't. Oh, I was just browsing. I was. Yeah, it, it doesn't pop up for me either. I was just looking on Rotten Tomatoes for like good TV mm. shows. Uh, and Well, it's uh, got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes apparently. Exactly. So, so I checked it out. Uh, I think you should watch a couple episodes, see what you think. Because, um, like I said, I was really enjoying it for a while. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll turn out to be good, too. I just didn't like episode six or whatever that was. Um, hmm. And then uh, I watched a little bit. I tried to get into Kingdom, too. Uh, Kingdom is, is just a bad show. It's a zombie show set in um, Netflix, like yeah, in like medieval China, mm. uh, and the premise is that the dead bodies come alive at night, and then they go back to being dead bodies during the day. Um, I watched like an episode and a half or two episodes, and it, it's just terrible. I couldn't. <laughs> I really wanted a cheesy, um, you know, just cheesy. Uh, zombie show to watch or something, you know, kind of horror. Uh, but it it wasn't good enough. And uh, I also started Barbarians this weekend to see if that would satisfy my desire for just bingeable, uh, you know, bingeable crap. Um, and I think that one is also too shitty to pursue. Tom, did you so ever I've been see disappointed uh, by those. Train to Busan? I know it's not TV, mm -hmm. but oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I saw that one. I like that one a lot. That's a fun um, zombie movie. And then the other two TV shows I'm watching are uh, the newest season of Great British Bake Off, uh, which is <laughs> uh, which is great. This season, I don't think they have as much talent as they've had in the last couple seasons, so that's a little bit of a disappointment because, uh, you know, it's just sort of like seven half-assed finished products <laughs> at the end. And you're like, okay, you all kind of suck. Nobody's going to get a huge book deal out of this, but that's okay. Um, and then Fargo, the newest season of Fargo on Hulu, uh, mm. which I'm a big fan of that show. I never watched the third season, but the first one and especially the second one were amazing. And I think this one's number four. And, uh, so you it's skipped good. three? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't watch three. I don't know Any why. Any reason or just you'd... Mm, we watched the first episode and we had like a routine going with uh, with our friends Andrew and Sarah and we'd watch mm. it with them and then that kind of fell through and uh, also Fucking we didn't Andrew. love the first episode. <laughs> I know. It was definitely his fault. Um, Is that the Ewan McGregor season? Season that's three? That's the Ewan McGregor season, yeah. Okay. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I think, is also one of the main actors in it. Probably. I saw the first two seasons and I... Really enjoyed both of them. Um, season two, especially, I thought was super good. Yeah, I mean, I think season one is 
playing heavily on the movie Fargo. It, it's mm. kind of just like plug and play to a degree. Mm. Um, but I do like both of those seasons. I would like to watch three and four eventually. Yeah, yeah, four has just been too slow. We're like, uh, I mean, we're about halfway through the season, and I'm waiting for it to, you know, get messy. It just I don't like really the sound of that. Yet. Yeah, it's got Chris the characters, Rock though. <clears throat> yeah, the characters are good. The plot is, you know, interesting. Uh, there's, it still has some of its signature style. Oh, Jesse and, Buckley's uh, in it. Jesse Buckley is an interesting character. She's a great character in it that. Up. Um, it just hasn't really gotten, uh, you know, gotten momentum or something yet. So I'm, I'm waiting for that to happen and hoping it really pays off. But Ooh. we'll stick with it. Cool. That's pretty yeah. much it for me. Just all TV, I think. Shit. What about shit? I Creek? have a. Oh. oh, kind of fell off of it after season one. Oh man. Ouch. I just. Don't I'm watching it very slowly, great. but I'm watching it. I like it. It's kind of one of those just like, you know, throw on at the end of the night. You don't really have to pay attention either. If yeah. you don't want it, to, you know. I like the characters. <laughs> they have, you know, there's funny moments and stuff. It it wouldn't be like one of my favorite like sitcoms or whatever, but it's it's definitely solid. You could do worse. I feel like every episode, you know, they have two or three different plots going on like your typical sitcom and I really only care about one of them. And the rest of the time, I'm just like, all right, get back to the fun- the part I think is funny. Are you still <laughs> and, in season one? <laughs> no, no, no. I started season two. I thought season two started off kind of weak, too. Wait, okay. So you've seen, you seen the episode where uh, Moira and David make enchiladas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you I not, love, did you not love that scene? I don't believe. That was a good scene. Yeah. I like that one. Oh man, I was dying. Can't spoil it for Travis. But. <laughs> I'm still on in season one. I think I'm probably at least halfway, maybe three quarters of the way done with it. It's like the second to last episode, maybe in that season. It's towards the end of season one. You're, you're probably coming up on it soon. Yeah. Cool. All right, um, Travis. I have two you said things. If uh, okay. I can just get them out of the way real quick. Get her done. Uh, Two 2020 releases. Mm. Um, Olympic Dreams. Have you guys heard of this? Nope. Mm-mm. It's a uh, like an indie drama starring Nick Kroll and not really anyone else that people would know. Um, have you guys ever heard of a movie called Tracktown? Tracktown. Uh-uh. It's like a... It's about like a... Uh, like a girl who's like part of a track team. It might be like a, not like a high school one, but like, like she's like preparing for the Olympics. So anyways, um, her, the, the actress in it, Alexi Pappas and the director of track town in Olympic dreams, they kind of have like a, you know, somewhat of a film relationship, uh, actor, director type thing going on. Cause and they specialize in like Olympic <laughs> sports dramas, I guess. <laughs> what um, the fuck? Yeah, I, I um, actually, Track Time was recommended to me by a coworker because he actually knew the director, um, not the actress. And then Olympic Dreams was on my radar because it was playing at SIF, I think, last year or 
the last Sif that we had. Uh-huh. Um, it was it was actually playing in Ballard. I was like planning on going to see it, but then just was lame and didn't go. And then COVID happened, and then the movie probably got just like shelved and probably forgotten about. But anyways, it, Olympic Dreams popped up on Showtime, and since I have access to that now, I uh, gave it a poke, and um, it was pretty decent. It's um, very, it's pretty low budget. It definitely makes the most of its um, production value with um, it being set at the Winter Olympics. Um, the last one that took place, don't ask me where it was at. It was either like Japan or China. <laughs> <laughs> so but, um, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty solid. It's, it's got that like indie vibe to it where the scenes feel, you know, just kind of, um, genuine and what, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, like, uh, like not endearing? written, no, um, organic. Natural. That's one of the words. No, but there's like a term <laughs> when it's not like ad lib, it's, uh, you know, Improv? when people are just Improvised? like, yes, improvise. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely seems like there's some improvising going on, and um, there's some non-actors in it as well. Um, some of the relationship stuff and just interactions between characters seem a little awkward, but I think part of that is by design, and part of it's probably just because it's improv slash like low budget. Um, but I thought it was it was decent. It's pretty short. It's only like eighty minutes, so it wasn't like a a big commitment or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say Jiang it's like Chang. worth a recommendation, but I wouldn't like run out to go see it or track it down or anything. Sure. Nick Kroll was, was good. Chang. Right? Who? Pyong Chang. I don't know what you're saying. That's where it was. Twenty eighteen went oh, Olympics. Okay. <laughs> Sochi was twenty fourteen. That place, yeah. And then I saw the biggest movie of the year, Tenet, in theaters on my birthday. Oh, yeah. Braved, mm. braved the COVID in the theaters for it. Um, I definitely want to watch it again. I don't think I really understood the plot while it was happening and when I read what happened afterwards. I mean, I kind of get the gist of it afterwards, but I don't know. There was a lot going on, and in the movie and just like outside of the movie, like just being in a theater again and like sitting around people who like weren't really wearing their masks. It just was like a weird vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> and we also missed the first few minutes, which I don't know if it really mattered that we missed the first few minutes or not, but just kind of a jarring experience, but um, it's, it's Nolan. It's fucking <laughs> great action great score uh you know big grandioso filmmaking um barely audible dialogue oh yeah there was a lot of that (laughs) 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 which was kind of frustrating um and the plot does kind of matter like there is actually a plot in this movie like i mean sure there's a plot in dunkirk but for the most part you're you're watching it for the more visceral experience um this is definitely a little bit more plot heavy. 
I don't know where this really ranks in his filmography, and I'd probably want to watch it at least once or twice, but I was definitely into it while I was watching it. I just don't know if I really connected all the dots and had like a a full like great experience by watching it. But I definitely liked it quite a bit from what I saw and could piece together. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, at this point I'm I'm just gonna pick up the fucking four K whenever that comes out. It's I'll long enough that it's it's not worth it. I don't even I don't even think it's it it might still be playing. What else would they fucking be playing? You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I um, think it's supposed to come out in December sometime though on like physical media and to rent at home shit. and stuff. Yeah. I'll probably just wait till the end at this point. I believe Possessor comes out early December as well. So I yeah. I might just buy both of those. Fuck it. Stoked. <laughs> la la. <clears throat> All right. Was that it for you, Travis? Yep. All right. So I, I, I watched a shitload, but I'm not going to cover everything. And I am going to be brief with what I did watch. Um, first, two excellent, excellent 2020 documentaries. Uh, Dick Johnson is dead and the painter and the thief. Um, so Dick Johnson is dead is on Netflix and it is from, uh, Kirsten Johnson who did camera person from a couple years ago. Another documentary. Did you, did you ever watch person? that? I did not see camera person. No, neither. I watched it. I thought it was good, but I don't think it was like mind blowing or like you know one of the greatest achievements ever like some pe- <laughs> like some, some people, people were really touting that yeah. documentary um but i am very curious to check this one out so dick johnson is dead uh she makes a movie about her father who is old and kind of early onset alzheimer's dementia setting in so it's you know she wants to make a movie about death and dying and and what it means to have lived a fulfilled life and family and all this stuff but built around the premise of staging deaths for her dad so there's all these like earnest conversations and then they'll stage some super silly violent death for her dad right so there's this really biting like dark humor that the two of them have seeing their relationship is, is pretty cool. Uh, and it's insightful. Um, I think it takes a little bit to get going, but by the end of it, I loved it. Uh, it's definitely a tearjerker. Um, highly recommended. Um, but the other movie, this was actually recommended to me. Um, I, so I had a guest appearance on suds in cinema, which is another, movie podcast uh friends of the show they invited me to be on because they were talking about uh, halloween and uh kyle over there knew i was a big fan of halloween so they actually recommended the painter and the thief um and i had never heard of it i mean have you guys heard of this um i actually i was i googled like best 2020 movies today and i saw it on a list of 45 so Mm. i saw it on the list but i don't really know anything about it (laughs) so I like it even more than Dick Johnson is dead. So I gave them both four and a half. Um, But the painter and the thief is about this woman who's an artist in Europe. And this guy breaks into her art exhibit and steals one of her paintings. And he gets caught. 
and she befriends him and they end up getting very close and she decides to like do portraits of him. So it's about their relationship and their stories, like their individual backgrounds and kind of the evolution of, of them as people and the evolution of their friendship. Uh, very heart wrenching. Uh, I, I thought it was very profound. It's a very humanist kind of filmmaker film filmmaking style you know what i mean like it's mostly fly on the wall stuff um some interviews with each of them but i thought it was excellent uh it's on hulu give it a watch um okay i'll do horror movies so i uh, i downloaded peacock i don't know if you, either of you guys are using peacock but peacock has a bunch of the like old universal monster movies on there for free um, and I had never seen any of them. So I watched Dracula and the invisible man. Um, Dracula was good. It kind of feels like a, like a stage play that got turned into a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bella Lugosi is good in it, but, um, I like the vibes, like the, 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 the sets. I love the set design, the cobwebs and all that kind of stuff, but wasn't super interested in the story. Like Dracula ends up, hiding in a coffin on a boat getting taken to somewhere in Europe outside of Transylvania. And I don't know. Oh, I wasn't super interested in what was happening in the story, but it's spooky and it, it's, it's cool. Um, some of the things they were able to do, it's an old ass movie. Um, so I liked it. Uh, the invisible man though, I preferred, um, I rated invisible man a four, just insane special effects like i don't know how they were able to accomplish some of this stuff with it being made in 1933 um but i was very impressed i I like the story basically a mad scientist you know turns himself invisible uh he's on the run um it's like hollow man yeah (laughs) (laughs) exactly like hollow man (laughs) um Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was very well made. I thought the actor who plays the Invisible Man uh, was awesome. Um, I thought it was great. I'm excited to get into some of the others. Um, They got a shitload. They have like 30 of them on there. Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Son of Frankenstein, The Mummy, The Wolfman, Creature of the Black Lagoon, all that shit. So uh, excited to take a peek. And uh, two more. Uh, Tenebrae. That's a Dario Argento film, and it was actually my first Argento movie. Mm. Um, Travis, you've seen a couple, right? You've seen OG Suspiria? I've seen Suspiria, maybe one other, but I have not seen Tenebrae. Okay. What about you, Tom? Have you seen Suspiria or any other Argento movies? I don't think so. Okay. So this is my first. Um, Tenebrae was good. I watched it in two sittings. Um, I got kind of bored and then I didn't finish this the uh, last like 20 minutes until today, actually. But um, it is kind of self-aware. I mean, it's about a giallo writer, like an American writer who goes to Rome. And uh, there's like a serial killer who's like acting out stuff from his book. So love the score. Thought it was great. Um, some pretty cool kills and like stylized violence. But um kind of repetitive um i i started to lose interest about halfway through because it's just like you want some some clues about who the killer is but you don't really get any 
until kind of the last little bit of the film. Um, some pretty cool sequences, and I did enjoy it, but um, maybe not the best jumping off point for Argento, just because it, it was my first exposure to him. So uh, I rated it a 3.5. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what you think about Suspiria when you finally get to it. Just I want to do it. Love yeah. the uh, remake, and um, oh yeah, this one's highly regarded as well. But they are pretty different, so yeah. I'll get to it. Um, and then last movie I'll talk about: horrible mistake. Uh, I just watched it before we recorded. I watched Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning, and this is this is Friday the Thirteenth Five, um, which isn't inherently a horrible decision in and of itself, but I watched it on AMC because I have cable and it was on demand through AMC. I don't know why I didn't think this going in, but it was the fucking edited for TV version. So no titties and basically no gore. So why the fuck did I watch Friday the 13th? If it edits out the kills and the titties. So I basically watched Friday the 13th 5, but I didn't. Does Sorry, that make sense? What did you watch this on? So on demand, like cable on demand. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, it's, AM, it's AMC on demand. Like you can subscribe to AMC on demand separately, but mm-hmm. because I have cable, it's included on AMC's like on demand movies. How you know? lame though. Yeah. I don't know why. I, didn't, I, I just assumed it would be uncensored. I don't know why, but um, yeah. Yeah. Probably should have just killed yourself. After I really should have. <laughs> it, I mean, it's already regarded as one of the worst Friday the Thirteenth movies, but man, when Remove you take all out the, the good stuff, exactly. <laughs> like literally, the only reason you watch it. So I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I rated it a one and a half because um, it could have been worse, I guess. But uh, it's the worst of the Friday the Thirteenth movies that I have seen. I've with seen with or without titties. With w- even with or without titties, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it'll be. Maybe it would have been a little better, but you you get the gist of it with the kills, right? You just don't see yeah. the you know the right most of the blood, but um, horrible mistake. That's what I was doing right before we recorded. So bummer. Actually, amendment. I I had just started Friday the Thirteenth Six, but I had only gotten about fifteen minutes into it. So is this another edited one? No, uh, Friday oh, okay. the 13th 6 is on uh, uh, Amazon. I was like, why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. I was after- say, why do you do this to yourself? I still feel that way. What? <laughs> I mean, I could have... you to work your curiosity. way through these awful movies? I'm a horror hound, and I want to see all of them. So, like, I had originally embarked on this journey, like, two years ago, and I only got through the first four, and then I fell off. So, I was... I think- Honestly, I think I did the same exact thing, and I'm pretty sure I fell off after four. Yeah. <laughs> so I've seen Jason X, and I've seen Freddy versus Jason, but all the other stuff in the middle I had never seen before. So I still have part six, which I started tonight, part seven, part eight, part nine, and then I think that's it because Jason X is 10. Yeah. You got to watch Space Jason again. I kind of like Jason X. It's really bad, but <laughs> um, so anyway, I watched some other stuff. But just fucking follow me on Letterbox or something if you give a shit. God, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> wow, sassy. Uh, Massabreros on Letterboxd, if you're curious. I saw you changed your profile pic. How exciting. Yeah, dude. That's the first time since I got Letterboxd I've changed it. Damn. I mean, it feels weird to have a picture of me from fucking like 2013 or... I don't know how old I was, but... I just have an image from Sorcerer as my screen or as my profile pic. What a nerd, dude. Although I, I can't no talk. Image. My profile picture on TikTok is uh, Nick Cage and Vampire's Kiss. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, anything else uh, before we wrap this one up, guys? Uh, um, do we have any idea what we're going to do next? So there is some stuff coming out. Um, I'm blanking on oh, that. Oh, there's stuff. that Sofia Coppola movie that just hit uh, Apple TV. Yeah. I don't on the rocks. I, I, yeah, I don't have yeah. Apple TV. Is I could probably get a trial, trial or something. Yeah, I already used mine. I thought you just straight up had Apple tab, uh, Apple TV, Tom. Do you not? No, no, it was a trial. Oh shit. Well, well, I might do that. Not exactly sure. There, there is some stuff coming out. Um, I know there's at least one high-profile thing coming out in the next couple of weeks to some streaming service. Maybe Netflix. I know it's kind of old news, but uh, First Cow is a uh, 99-cent rental on Amazon right now. I just uh, purchased that. Plan on watching that soon. First Cow's on Hulu, bud. What are you doing? For free? Yeah. Oh no! I just wasted a dollar. <laughs> wasted a God dollar, damn dude. It. Well, to be fair, I had some credit because I always uh, defer to the later shipping option to get streaming credit. <laughs> oh, I should take advantage of that. I never do that. I want my shit same day. <laughs> I never heard of this. First cow. Uh, Kelly Riker. Um, what did she do? She did Meek's cut off. Um. Wendy and Lucy, oh yeah, uh, Old Joy, all the bangers. Literally, never seen any of these movies. <laughs> She's a <laughs> <laughs> new wave, uh, independent, um, feminist American filmmaker. I guess certain women. All yeah, right. of that ilk. She did do. She actually she did do certain women, didn't she? Mm-hmm. I was in a twenty first century for that one, women. but um. Meek's Cutoff is also really good. Meek's Cutoff, Wendy and Lucy, Old Joy to a degree. I mean, you kind of have to be in the mood for it, but I think all three of those are really good. Same with her, um, I think it's her directorial debut, River of Grass. I thought that was good too. Damn, you, you've seen all of her shit. I didn't know you were such a I fan. I haven't seen Night Moves or First Cow, but I've seen oh, the rest. I got Night Moves, let me tell you. <laughs> Are you guys okay. gonna watch this Queen's Gambit show? Yeah, no. probably. It's got Anya Taylor Joy in it, though. Travis. No, 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 no. Of course not. Who cares? That's a big commitment <clears throat> that I'm not willing to make. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, there, I'm, there's stuff coming out. I mean, st- <clears throat> stay tuned on the feed. Um, we'll figure it out. Um, the next episode of Cinephiles Digest is going to be a Halloween special. Uh, we're doing OG Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, and Trick or Treat. 
So keep an eye on the feed. That'll be coming out shortly. Um, real quick, real quick. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. HBO, never, rarely, sometimes, always. It's on there. Is that the uh, Luca show? No, it's the new Eliza Hitman film. I don't know who that the fuck had that a is. lot of buzz for. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. So it's on HBO now because I, I had mm-hmm. been wanting to watch that forever, but it, it's been like 20 bucks on Amazon because it's like an yeah, early okay. release thing. I've seen her other two this. movies. I really liked Beach Rats. It felt like love was decent. But um, yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about this one. So I'm, I'm probably going to check it out soon. Cool. All right. Thanks for putting that back on my radar. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, to be determined for what we're going to review on the next episode, but I want to thank everybody for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our feeds, get all those new eps. We're putting out weekly content at this point, so never been a better time to enjoy Cinephiles Digest family of podcasts. So, um, All right. That's going to do it. We'll be back soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace out, homes. Peace. And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the men who died Who gave that right to me And I gladly stand up next to you And defend her still today Cause